Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Freddie, also known as Nighty Night, and alongside me is just actually me. I'm here solo this time, and I'm a part of a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down and discuss the ultimate question, why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife, and that's night with a K. By pledging on Patreon, you will have access to the show as early as Monday. If you have no bucks to toss, don't worry about it. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Now, this is a very special episode, and I feel so honored to be here right now to even talk about this. But I was lucky enough to cover an awesome film festival called Final Girls Berlin. And I gotta say, it was fantastic. This was... One of the best experiences I've had this year so far. I know it's the beginning of the year, but this is definitely going to be my top 10 best experiences ever in my life because this is the first time I'm actually covering a film festival, which is a dream come true for me. And to talk a little bit about what Final Girls Berlin Film Festival really is, it showcases horror cinema that's directed, written, or produced by women and non-binary filmmakers. Uh, they are committed to creating a space for female voices and visions, whether it's monstrous, heroic, or some messy combination of the two in the horror genre. We've seen more than enough representations of women as beautified victims in constructions of male fantasies or anxieties and are working, and they are working towards the primacy of women as subjects and storytellers in horror. And I think that is fantastic. I feel like this is something we need. This is something we want and we want more of it. And I'm so happy to cover this type of film festival, too, because I feel like it's very important for me personally, too, because I think this is a subject that is not talked about and we need to talk about it more. Now, covering the films, I will have this broken down in a few different ways. I will be talking about the features first and my initial thoughts of it. And after that, I will be talking about these beautiful shorts I was able to watch as well at the film festival. Now, I was able to watch five features and about 15 shorts, which is fantastic for me to even do because that's incredible. And uh, I got to talk about this amazing work that they did. It's it's really, I keep saying incredible, fantastic, marvelous. This is uh, the real dream come true for me. But the first feature I was able to watch was a movie called Time of Molting which is directed by Sabrina Mertens, and it's a film that came out of Germany in 2020. A quick synopsis is, In a small town in the 1970s West Germany, Stephanie is an intelligent and lively child living an insular life with her parents. She senses that something is wrong in her family, something that cannot be put into words, and she pushes against it where she can. Unspoken melodies lurk beneath the surface of everyday life and insidiously... uh, seeps into who she is. Impression and repressed family dynamics can be influenced and the effect effect on it on younger generations are not tangible, not nameable, but inexorable. Inner abysses, um, well, sorry. Inner abysses form the only escape route for the unnourished soul. And I have to say, this movie 
uh, this was obviously one of the first movies I saw, shook me. It's beautifully shot, I have to say. And just the sound design alone, it just opens up to a guy pretty much painting over mold on a wall. And it just grabs your attention immediately. Rather than like fixing the problem, it's really just covering it. And that seems to be a very big theme in this movie because you see the whole house is a mess. They're just going day by day. And you see how that affects the child and see how it progresses for Stephanie, who's the main character in this movie. And I have to say the acting is top tier. It's really fantastic. It's one of those movies that will stay with you for a very long time. Um, I do have to say there's a lot of scary imagery as well. There's some stuff with like uh, butchery equipment. And she kind of uses that in her own bedroom. And you're just like, oh, my God, what is she going to do? It's really crazy. Um, I have to say, this was a fantastic movie. I have to give huge shouts out to Sabrina for making this. Um, For the casting crew as well. They really knocked it out of the park. And I do have to say, get a chance to watch this movie because it's one of the best movies I've seen this year so far. And I know that came out in 2020, but I'm going to count that into the 2021 pile. And... One of the next movies that I'm going to talk about is probably my favorite film of this film festival, and that's called The Returned, directed by Laura Casabe. And please forgive me if I'm mispronouncing your name. I do apologize. It's a film that came out of Argentina from 2019. And the synopsis for this movie is South America, 1919, the indigenous people of the Guarani tribe have either fled, been exterminated, or reduced to servitude. Julia, the wife of a landowner, gives birth to her third dead child. Desperate, she begs Karana, 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 her indigenous maid, to bring him back to life. The creature returns, but not alone. Now, this movie opened up with a kind of like a story of this mystical being that's near this waterfall that grants magical powers and it opens to that waterfall scene and it's just very haunting. You see her with her dead child in her hands, but then you start to hear the baby cry and that's how it begins. That, oh, it gave me chills. I was watching this in the office and I was here with my buddy. He's like, what movie are you watching? I was like, sorry, I can't really talk about it right now. I'm trying to cover it. It's like, yeah, this looks really creepy. And I was like, indeed it is. And I have to say, this is probably one of the creepiest movies from this film festival as well. And it just crawls under your skin. And I have to say the design of, like, I don't even know if it's makeup design or costume design. But the way we see some people with their eyes and the way they look, it's frightening, super scary. I have to say, this movie blew me away. The soundtrack was great. Um it's one of those things where it has great storytelling and it's one of those, like the last movie will stay with you for a very long time. So great job with that one. Uh, the next feature that we talking about is a movie called darkness. Now darkness is also really great, but it's directed by Emanuela Rossi from Italy, 2019. And the synopsis for this movie is Stella, a 17-year-old, and her younger sister, Luce and Aria, are locked inside their house with bars on the windows. Outside is the apocalypse. Two-thirds of humanity is dead since sunlight has no has become too strong and only men can go outside. Mm. 
Their claustrophobic life is brightened up by some special games, such as the air party, but the father gets angry. He would like them to completely erase the past. The girls stay locked in their house alone with no food until things begin to break down and puncture the delicate shell of their closed existence. Now, this movie—I uh, I, I don't know why I keep saying fantastic. It is. It's uh, so fucking fantastic. It has one of those stories. It's like, oh, is her father telling them the truth? Is he the one that's really crazy and just keeping them locked in? Is the world actually not to, not that bad? Are people actually dying out there? And we get a glimpse of that when pretty much uh, Stella goes out for the first time. And we see that it looks a little dim. It looks very dark. And the storytelling kind of alludes to say, yeah, this is a post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic world that we live in. But at the same time, there's some stuff that seems out of the ordinary. And I feel like this movie had some of the best sequences in any of the films that I saw this film festival. Uh, especially for the air party, it's really cool to see them actually like open the window and they actually feel the air and the daylight for like the first time in a long time because pretty much they've stayed indoors the entire time. And you just see them really loving it and feeling the air and just dancing around the room. And you see this great dynamic between the sisters and you see the horrifying truth that the dad has been hiding from them. And I don't want to give any spoilers away in that kind of context, but there's a lot of underlining themes in this movie, too, of this guy who's just taking control and pretty much saying that only men can go out there and pretty much scaring them to to having them stay inside. And that speaks volumes in other types of like conversations with that kind of stuff. So I do have to say that movie was really good. The next feature I saw was The Stylist. And this is directed by Jill Javargazayan, which is from the USA, 2020. And the synopsis for this movie is, everyone dreams of being someone else. But for Claire, the dream from uh, that dream goes from an obsession to living a nightmare. Her job as a hairstylist allows her to move in and out of other people's worlds. And, about to, and pretty much is the context of this whole entire movie, which is great. Uh, her lonely life, gruesome hobby, and shocking secrets are suddenly thrown into turmoil when her regular client, Olivia, asks her to style her hair for her wedding. Could she have made a true friend? And I do have to say, um, I'm going to find out right now who plays Claire in this, but she did such a great job. She was giving such a haunting performance. And I have to say, the opening scene... Oh, it pushed my boundaries for sure. It's one of those scenes where it's like it's very gruesome. It stays there with the camera and you see it all and you are just amazed that they went there. And that's how the film starts. And then you get that shocking ending. That ending will stay with me for such a long time. Although somewhat predictable in a way, I kind of wanted it to be that outcome. And it's one of those things where it's like, yo, she went there and I got to see that. And... It's such a satisfying movie. I have to say, you really see this big thing where you see a progression of a character and how she wants to somewhat get better, but she has this obsession of kind of wanting to live other people's lives. And then we get that last bit, and it's such a satisfying moment. And while I'm looking that up, I do have it here. That was Najara Townsend, 
who was uh, playing Claire in this. And I do have to give a big shout out to her because she did a fantastic job in this movie. And another person in this cast, Bria Grant, is going to be part of the next movie we're going to be talking about, which is The 12-Hour Shift, which is directed by her. So she is in two different movies, as one as an actress and also one as a director in this film festival. But directed by her, also based in the USA, 2020, uh, the synopsis for this movie is, Nurse Mandy is desperate to make it through her double shift without an incident. This proves to be particularly hard when you're an addict and involved in black market organ trading at the hospital. Ugh. When her hapless cousin Regina messes up a kidney delivery, chaos descends on the Arkansas hospital as two women frantically try to find a replacement through any means necessary. It does not take long for things to spiral even further out of control when you're thrown in a dangerous convict, nagging patients, a well-meaning cop, and a whole lot of blood. And I do have to say, this movie is very chaotic in a great way. Uh, this movie <laughs> starts off really strong. You start to see... Um, Mandy, as her character progresses even more, as just like a very angry person, doesn't like anyone, and she's just trying to get through her 12-hour shift, essentially, the title of the movie. And we just see a series of events just getting from worse to worse and seeing how it all plays out. And it's bloody, it's gory, it's comedic, it's funny, it's action-packed. We see a little, not really, a uh, small role from David Arquette. Um, and it's one of those movies where... It just surprises you. And then I heard a rumor that this movie is based on a urban legend of this actually happening where pretty much people from the hospital will sell organs from people who have passed away. Um, and I wonder if that's true because this just gives it another scare factor. I think that is an incredible story to even think about in general, let alone be a movie that we were able to watch. And I think Bria Grant did a fantastic job as I think this is one of her first movies that she's made. And shout out to her. Fantastic job. Now, let's talk about the shorts, which I enjoyed a lot of these shorts. The shorts were amazing, and I would love to see full-length features for some of these as well. Now, there was some where it was like, I believe, just a trailer, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But I wanted to start with Spyglass, which is directed by Javi Prada. And that came out from Spain of 2020, and it was the German premiere for this short. And a quick synopsis, which real quick. Paula is a young influencer who has organized a crazy new challenge, an experiment with a spyglass app. And the app itself, to put in context, is kind of like a live streaming app where people will go into your live stream, they'll see you go live. And uh, the series of events that happen in this movie, it, or the short, is fantastic. I, I hate that I'm saying fantastic so much, but I'm so happy to talk about these great shorts. Um, it starts off with her talking to the audience of her live stream saying, oh, I want to see how fast an ambulance response time is. And you see her take various objects out and people are starting to freak out. And then she does something that makes people go bananas. And it's one of those things where it just keeps you on the edge of your seat because you don't really know where it's going because you feel like it's going to happen any moment of what she's intending to do. And then she kind of does something else, which is, is a great twist. 
the next short will be Fragile.com, directed by Allison Eve uh, Hammers Lee. Also USA 2020, and also was a European premiere. Uh, synopsis is a teenage girl who more than anything wants to be told she is special, uh, is approached by a charming man who promise her, promises her fame, fortune, and affection. If she agrees to livestream herself crying for his niche website, Fragile.com. This is a very interesting concept. Now, of course, there's a lot of niches out there. A lot of people are into different stuff. But the fact that they have a person going around finding girls who are pretty much sad and kind of depressed because they're going through something. And the character in this movie um, is really going through, oh, I have this guy that I have a crush on, but he's not really paying attention to me or didn't want to go to prom and stuff like that. And it's kind of devastating for her as a character. And she finds this outlet of being online and being able to cry to the point where she can't cry no more. And I think that's such a huge thing to even talk about. And I feel like a lot of people would be able to relate to this. And it gets to the point of the conversation is like, to what extent am I going to be crying so much where I'm going to feel nothing anymore? And I feel I felt that way before, too. I've been through traumatic experiences, and I can't relate too much to this character as well because I'm not in her position. But there are times where enough is enough, and you can't cry no more, although you want to. And that's a big thing for me to realize that in this movie, too. Uh, the next short of Inside This Film Festival is Kaylee's Last Review. I love this one. Uh, it's directed by Julia Bailey Johnson, USA 2020. Kaylee longs to be a social media star with her skincare Insta videos. With her first sponsorship, she's excited to test this new product on her face and share the results with her beloved followers. When things begin to take a turn for the worse, we fear how far Kaylee will go to remain in the public eye. The beautiful thing about this is it's very authentic. I thought I was straight up watching a YouTube video of one of these influencers who's super excited. They got the product. They're going to try it out. They're going to do it for the viewers. And you start to see how far she does go to get this popularity and become Insta famous or YouTube famous or just becoming an influencer herself. And we do find out information afterwards that nothing really came out of the sponsorship itself because it wasn't really real, which kind of like turned the tables a lot. It's like she kind of made everything up to become famous and then she took the risk herself and then we saw the outcome of it and it's gory, bloody and the uh, the special effects on this is so great. And you just see this person wanting to feel somewhat relevant and it kind of hurts seeing because it's someone you probably know as a friend who wants to be famous and stuff like that. And you see the risk that they're taking and we see on social media all the time too. And I feel like that's a very delicate subject to talk about. And they did such a great job of doing that. And yeah, great kudos for that one. Uh, the next movie I saw or short I saw was Now That You're Mine, which was one of the longer shorts in this entire film festival. It's about 37 minutes. And it is directed by Petra Lumioska. It's from Finland, 2020. And it was the German premiere for this as well. And the synopsis is Ava takes her new girlfriend out to her family's old summer house to meet her sister. 
What was supposed to be a fun weekend clearing out the house turns into a dark journey of suppressed memories and dangerous relationships. When Ava starts remembering when she has preferred to forget, as the past threads out of the fog, tension and jealousy rise between the three women, and Ava starts to distrust everyone, even herself. This movie, or this short, I would say, uh, it was so good. So pretty much they start off on the boat and they, and you see the couple together and you see that they're going to this place where uh, Ava once lived. She finds her old CD player and we hear her skipping while she is remembering things of her past, right? We see flashbacks. And we see this whole dynamic of how she lost her mom who slipped, slipped and hit her head. Essentially, that's what we learn. Uh, I would say it's a very intense movie. The sound effects with like everything that's going on inside the scenes were really well done. We get this great sauna scene where you kind of hear the, the fire going that's creating the steam and it creates tension that way. Um, we see this really scary moments where like she's trapped in that as well. She has a little bit of like night sequences where there's pretty much her loved one is coming in and standing over her. It's like, Oh, I'm never going to let you go. Which actually, sorry, I'm mistaken. That was her sister. Uh, the cat goes missing. And then we find out what happens with the cat. And then it creates this whole entire mystery and she doesn't know who to trust. And she thinks pretty much, um, what was it? Uh, Heidi, is the one that's behind everything. And it's one of those things where it, it creates a sense of illusion and then we get a reveal and it just has such a great impact. Um, the next short that we are going to talk about is There Will Be Monsters, which is a relatively really short short, which is five minutes and 31 seconds. It's directed part uh, by Carlota... Peretta, uh, coming from Spain, 2020, German premiere. And one of the taglines it has is, monsters exist. They live inside us, and sometimes they win. Which I feel like it's the perfect thing for this entire short. Uh, essentially, we get a opening shot of a woman that's on a bench, and a group of guys going up to her. And they're just assholes. They're just harassing her. They're not leaving her alone. They pretty much take her purse away. They say, they start taking photos of her. Um, was it they take her drink or they make her take a drink and we see them go inside this building and we're like, Oh no, this is the worst case scenario. We know what's about to happen. And this is disgusting. This uh, witness. And then we get our twists. And of course, I'm not going to spoil it, but let's just say she got the upper hand on them. And then we get a nice sequence where we get a computer screen, which has a story written. And we have a child talking to her mom saying, oh, I'm scared about like monsters. And the mom says monsters do not exist. But we all know there are terrible people in this world. And they do terrible things to other people. And women are often victims of that. And it's disgusting. But it's such a great heavy subject that they got down in five minutes and was able to tell this story. So I have to give great praise for this. Uh, Carlota uh, Peretta did a fantastic job directing this. And I don't feel like it needed to be any longer, too. I think the five minutes and 31 second runtime was all that was necessary to tell the story. And it was just precise, executed beautifully. The next short was a very interesting one. It was called La Casa, which is The Hunt. 
and it was written and directed by Amy Fajardo uh, from Spain, 2020. Uh, quick synopsis, Alba, an elderly woman living with her daughter, is unhappy with the way her daughter's partner treats her. When she finds herself alone with him, she decides she will have to decide how far is she willing to go in order to save her most loved one from a life of suffering. Now, this was a great story as well in the context that we don't see a lot of what's going on and why she's doing these things. We get uh, a sense of time where it starts at the end and then we get flashback to the beginning where we pretty much see her looking at this guy and looking at him with kind of disgust. And then we get this great reveal of what she does to him. And we're like, why? Why would she do that? And then that's when we get the flashback of seeing the relationship her daughter and him had. And he's kind of like an alcoholic. He's kind of abusive, takes control over her. And we then understand why she did what she did. And it's just a great way to do this type of storytelling from giving us no context in the beginning and then giving us the context at the very end to perfectly understand why the character had the motive that she did. And I have to give great praise for that too. Now, this is going to be the next short. This is my favorite thing that came out of this film festival. And I'll tell you why very soon right now. So this short is called The Fourth Wall, directed by Kelsey Bolig from France 2020. And the quick synopsis is, doomed to start in one last performance of Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream, a down-on-her-luck actress fights for her moment in the spotlight amongst the self-serving newcomers. How far will she go to be the star of the show? And wow. Okay, so we start off with a great tracking shot. Uh, or sorry, we start off with a great trance song, and it sounds so good. I love the soundtrack in this. It looks phenomenal. And I really like the opening titles, too. And the way this movie, uh, this story is broken up, we get Act 1, What is Beauty, is pretty much what she says in the mirror over and over again. Um, and she keeps asking that question. She spits on the mirror and gets a nosebleed, and then she pretty much gets up and goes into the hallway. And then we get this one continuous shot. And I have to say, the cinematography in this is gorgeous to look at. And also the colors, it's its a beautiful thing to look at. If you press pause, you can pretty much print out a poster or art piece out of this. Um, someone is knocking on the door. Colors are amazing. And I have to say, they do these one shots multiple times and it just looks so great. And you see her getting frustrated with the newcomer not being able to speak French. And the other ones are just like literally fucking around. And then we get act two going and we see a great different perspective of like the guy actor. And then we have her coming in and then they go into like a great argument. And I have to say this acting is top tier. She She's great in this. They're all great in it. All the stars in this. Uh, we get blue and red lights and... It shows like great contrast between something that's calm and something that's maddening and something that's about to go down, being red, being very cautioned, and essentially alluding to something that's going to go down, which is very bad for some of the cast members in this. And I have to say, when she gives a bow at the very end of the show after what she did, and I'm not going to spoil that as well, it just gave me great 
satisfaction. I was like, this movie, this short is fantastic. I love it. This is my favorite. I'm glad I watched this. Uh, I can't speak any highly of this, any more highly of this. It's great. Uh, the next short is The Little Demon. And this is a very cute one. I think this is very scary, but also very subtle in how it works. But this is directed by Carol Van Helmerdrick. Sorry, I'm definitely mispronouncing all of your names. I feel bad. Uh, but this came out of the UK, Belgium, uh, 2020. And the synopsis is, Every night, the same thing happens. Giles and Sean's daughter runs around the flat, screaming, scratching at the walls, possessed by a demon. They're terrified of their own daughter and don't know what to do about it. Now, this gave me such goosebumps because I hate like when a little girl or little child is involved in like demonic possessions because I, for whatever reason, that scares the hell out of me. And they do such a great job at this too. Every time it hits nighttime in this short, I was freaking out. This little girl is like crawling all over the place. She's scratching. She's growling. It's frightening. She goes under the covers and pops out the other side. And it's weird because they do this great thing where we hear her voice as just a normal child. And then we hear the demon's voice come out of her. And my eyes just widened up. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is frightening. But at the same time, the story itself is done in a way where it's like it's super scary. But at the same time, it's very charming in its own way, too, because the parents are kind of cool about it. They're just like, oh, yeah, uh, we can't really deal with this. But at the same time, we love her. So we have to figure something out. And they have this great solution at the very end. And I feel like it worked very well for this short. And I have to say, this is another one that you guys have to check it out. Um, the next short is Fish Whiskers, which is written and directed by Roni Canada. 2020, and it has its European premiere. A visit to a scheduled family cottage takes a mysterious turn after three best friends discover a dying catfish by the hillside. This is one of those more ambiguous shorts, and I do have to say I really appreciated it because of that. It's very symbolic in the way that there is a pretty much catfish in the middle of nowhere, and you don't understand why it's there. And then at the same time, we get this whole entire sequence that happens at the cottage that the kids don't know about yet and how they pretty much one of them figures out what happened and then kind of covers it up. And then we get this conclusion where it's kind of left to our own interpretation. And I feel like this film festival needed something like this as well to have people constantly think of what it all meant. And I think that's something that's very powerful in its own way. And I did like it. It was about like under 10 minutes. So it wasn't too long, but I feel like they put a lot of time and effort into it and put a lot of storytelling into it and it allows the viewer to pretty much keep the conversation going after seeing it and seeing how everything is developed. Uh, another one that's going to be on the list here is Legit, uh, also known as Dream, which is a four minute, five minute short directed by Yves Dufond, Dufond? Uh, Canada from 2019 German, uh, German premiere as well. And this one's a little bit more of a comedic one. And pretty much the uh, synopsis is when they piss standing, uh, sorry, when they piss standing, all men are works of art adapted from the short story legit by Quebec author, Fanny de Mouali. 
And essentially, it's this girl that's inside a stall, and she's pretty much eating some food. And she is fascinated by guys at the urinal peeing standing up. And then we get this gentleman that comes in, and he goes into one of the stalls instead. And that interests her. And as she discovers why he did that, it just ends. And I think this is one of those that kind of impacts you. It's one of those things where it's like, you as a viewer are kind of like the main character. You're seeing her interests. You're seeing how it is visualized for her. And we see these great like sequences of like slow motion. Uh, we get like everything's like blacked out. We get some colors and we just have great sound mixing of hearing what's going on while they're peeing, which is really funny. And then we get this great reveal. And as a viewer, we're like her and reacting in a way is like, oh, that's why he went into the stall. Credits. That is great. I have to say, that is a really great way to like have that type of reveal and kind of storytelling because it's a very unique short, I have to say. Uh, visually, uh, visually and just the story itself is very odd, but at the same time, like I liked it a lot and I feel like it's very symbolic too and I'm still constantly thinking about it. Uh, as weird as that sounds, it's like, yeah, I'm thinking about men peeing. Uh, but at the same time, that's exactly what the intention of this short was meant to do to get you thinking about that. And I feel like it did a great job. Uh, I got a few more here. So essentially we have, you don't know me directed by Isabel Jurox and David Amont Forat, Canada, also a German premiere. Uh, while on a road trip, a bickering American couple gets involved in a sordid affair after stopping for gas in the middle of a rural Quebec. Now, this was a great short, too. Um, essentially, this American couple stops at a, a gas station. They find a dead body there, and we see that there was a person that was there before, but we didn't get a good look at them. Uh, that may have been the culprit of this murder. And essentially, the person of interest comes in and pretty much catches them, quote unquote, and says, oh, you have to like hide this body and bury it and put like animal bones on top of the grave so you don't get caught, you don't get in trouble, you won't go to jail. But essentially, that's covering up the person's murder scene itself. And then we see a cop outside and then they have to pretend that they're working at the gas station and cover everything up. And then that person of interest does a very interesting thing. And it's just a great ending to this entire story. We see that everything was led up to them taking all of the blame. And the way it's constructed is fantastic too. We see them trying to work the coffee machine. They can't do that. They are trying to give the person change. They can't even open up the register. And you just see this downward spiral of these characters trying to make a scene to make it like, oh yeah, everything's normal. Don't ask about Gabby who's in the refrigerator dead. Don't worry about it. And we get that nice reveal at the end. And it's just a great comedic horror film. And I love it. Um, we'll go to the next one. Oh, you know what? I totally messed that one. Uh, that one was... I don't think it was You Don't Know Me for that one. Because the You Don't Know Me was... Okay, it was. It was. Okay. Sorry, I just put that down in my notes twice. So this one is more so a trailer rather than a short film. And it's called Melted. And it's a pretty much a 
cartoon of a little girl going to get ice cream. And I have to say, without saying a lot, and I feel like I don't know if this trailer is out or not, uh, I would say people will go check it out. I don't want to talk too much about it because it's only a minute 47 seconds. But it's something that I really want to see. This looks great. I love the art style. I love the direction they're going with it. I need more. I want to see more. Please give it to me as soon as possible. And the last short I saw for this film festival was a short called Danny's Girl. Now, the synopsis, or let me go with uh, who directed it. Directed by Emily Wilson, USA, 2020. Danny meets his online girlfriend for the first time, but accidentally discovers an unspeakable possession of her. Which throws... (laughs) Oh, sorry. Discovers an unspeakable possession of hers, which throws their first night together into a dizzling, dizzying tailspin. Sorry, butchering my words right now. Uh, but Daddy's Girl is very interesting. I did not see any of this coming. It's one of those stories where boy meets girl. Girl comes over. They meet for the first time. She has a little bit of a secret. He gets really scared and throws that secret literally out the window. And it's one of those things that unravels very quickly. And it has a very interesting ending as well, I have to say. It's one of those things like, damn. But at the same time, it kind of works. It works really well. And you see their dynamic between these two characters. And they actually do feel like they could be a really good couple. And if it wasn't for this situation and the awkwardness that came out of it, I feel like they could have gone a long way too. But at the same time, the way the the short ended, they could go a long way. Um, And it's one of those things where you discover what her secret was and you kind of feel bad for this character. But at the same time, you kind of sense that she's not all the way there because of that situation, which is fun. Everyone deals with grief in their own way. Uh, But it works really well for this story because it leads to the other character in a very weird predicament. And I have to say, I loved this film festival. I hope you enjoyed listening to me. I don't know if this was enjoyable for you. I really hope so. I feel like a lot of people should check these movies out. I'll check all of these shorts out. They were all fantastic. I'm going to say that word again. I do have to say I didn't see all of the shorts. I wish I could. Didn't have time to watch all of it as I was in my day job. But this was Final Girls Berlin Film Festival. And I want to say thank you for having me attend this festival, being able to watch all of these movies. If any of the filmmakers or writers or cast and crews listening to this, you guys, oh, you girls, you women did an incredible job. And this is the month of Women in Horror. So this is a great time to have this release. And I feel like Women in Horror needs to be more spotlight. And we need more final girls and badasses and more directors, more writers more cast members to be women because you're all killing it. You're doing that. You're you're doing such a great job. But pretty much to end it all, this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Freddie, also known as Nighty Night. And alongside me, no one. It was just me this time. I hope you guys all enjoyed that. But we need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to have you recommend this podcast to someone who would enjoy it. You can further support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife, and that's night with a K. By pledging on Patreon, uh, by pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show as early as Monday. 
If you don't have any books to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight. <laughs>